He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. Welcome back, everybody, to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I am your host, Will Slickers, and today I have my co-host with me, Chandler Rollett. What's up, Chandler? Hey, it's nice to be here again. Yeah, man. So for everyone who's listened to the podcast consecutively and like in a row and followed every episode, last episode, Chandler and I did like a self-interview of myself and just the background story of how Slick Talk, the podcast, got started, as well as the future goals and overall like picture of what we intend to do with the podcast and the platform so Chandler kind of want to talk like the whole point of this episode is let's talk leading by example and I want to tell a quick story all yeah. right so a few days ago at the hotel that we work at and just for the sake of sake we're not going to say the name just until you know a while but we were at this uh, at our hotel, and it was pretty busy. Guests checked in. Uh, oh, it, was this, a, it was a crazy day. Yeah, crazy day. And uh, we had one particular guest that stood out a little bit. They were a little more on the demanding side, more, you know, very needy, which is totally fine. I expect that in the summer because, you know, rates and everything are super high. Um, but the guest was not very happy because uh, in their dishwasher um, in the room, the dishes were overloaded, overfilled, and so when the dishes were ran before they checked in, they didn't get all the all the way cleaned, and so um, they were pretty upset. Like they wanted to, you know, use the dishes for their dinner, breakfast, and, you know, lunches that they made, um, but to have to clean their the dishes from a guest before was not like an idea they had in mind. So obviously, I totally understood. They were pretty frustrated about it, and so. Um, Went up there with some new dishes and dishwashing soap and dishwasher pod, and they showed me the dishes and totally made sense. Like it was just an error, you know, on mm-hmm. our and hotels make those, so um, it's human error. Yeah, it, especially things happen all the time. You yeah. make mistakes. Yeah, and uh, so it's our job to make it right. Uh, being the front office manager and everything, I easily could have just been like, hey. I could have sent our houseman up there. I could have sent one of our front desk agents up there. I could have sent anybody up there and be like, hey, go clean their dishes. We had no housekeeping. It was later in the evening, so housekeeping was already home for the day. And um, I thought about it as I was heading back down, told the guests to just let us know when they're done and uh, or, you know, they're about to head up for dinner. And so I told them, just let me know when they're done. I'll send somebody up. But instead of sending somebody up, I went up there and the whole team knew the whole team knew that, you know, they weren't happy and we had to go clean the dishes. They were expecting somebody else to go. So I took off my jacket and I went up there in my suit and tie and did the dishes by hand and, you know, hand washed, hand dried, put away everything. And this wasn't 
like the story in general wasn't to like toot my own horn or to make myself stand out. It was because as I was thinking, I could send somebody up to this room and make them clean it and do it. I wanted to set the example and I wanted to have our team, no matter what, whether the guest book through booking or Expedia or is paying a low rate versus a high rate. I want the team to see that just because I'm the FOM doesn't mean I'm not going to get down and dirty and clean rooms and inspect and do that because I expect the same thing from everybody else. Um, I really wanted to set the example. And as I was doing the dishes, I had some time to reflect about this whole story and everything. And again, I didn't want my team to be like, wow, you're so cool. Like, good job. Like my front office manager, I wanted them to see the side of, all right, we get stuff done. We take care of the guests no matter what, even what, even at the owner, if he was there, I'd expect the same thing, lead by example and to do what needs to get done in order to guarantee satisfaction. So that kind of inspired like the whole episode for me. And I wanted to tell that quick story just because I think it's really important for that, because sometimes I feel like we in general, as in the hospitality or hotel industry can lose some of that passion where the reason why we're here is because of the guests. The reason why we do what we do is because of our team and the guests as a whole. And also to create an experience, a wholesome experience that 10 years down the road, guests will look back on that. They'll look through their phone. They'll see photos. They'll see videos, whatever, you name it. They will look back at that in time and they will think, man, that was it it was amazing. It was an experience. I want to go back. It may have not been a good experience right in the beginning, but we turned it around. And that's what I want them to remember is that, you know, for anyone who's listening, we always talk about the experience. And I think as time goes on, I want this to be like Chandler just said, 10 years down the road. I want us to be able to reflect on the experience. Always going to be experienced from day one, whether we're still in the same spot in five or 10 years, or if we're way higher up and doing whatever else we're doing, I want us to always be able to say it's always been about the experience. Exactly. And oh man, I, I love this subject because when you lead by example, you do create a picture of what is possible. People can look at you and say, well, if he can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. So then that gives them the motivation and determination to go and do those things. Yeah. When you lead by example, you make it easy for others to follow you. It's that simple. And the fact that you said, I I could have sent someone else up there, but instead I got down and dirty. That, as a manager, you can't leave from the sidelines. You need to be involved in the work and know the ins and outs of the business. Working alongside your team helps build trust while expanding your own skills and knowledge. And trust is a very very important thing to have as a manager. You need to know that your employees will have your back as long as you have theirs. That is very, very important. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. We're kind of talking this morning. This is somewhat off topic, but not really. Uh, You and I were talking about, you know, a situation that happened and um, just the overall, like, you know, Hey, here's a big heads up of what happened, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the conversation, I remember asking you to think about, Hey, what can I do to empower you guys as a team 
not as lower enlisted quote unquote people, but just overall as what can I do to empower you as a leader? Like you just said, you can't lead from the sidelines. You have to be up front and exactly. and going for it. And like you said, trust so important, and especially being a new the new manager. Um, little backstory: I've only been in my position since May sixteenth, and um, being the new manager, even though I was with the team beforehand for the previous year, still taking that new position, I think it changes the way everyone looks at you as a whole. They looked at you as a coworker in, in the you know early mm-hmm. stages. Now you you know in a, a leadership position, yeah, it, it does add a different aspect. So. I kind of want your thoughts and this is just spitballing because I want this to be an open conversation that for anyone who's listening could also maybe have experienced themselves or are going through because um, what are things you think actually we'll go, we'll get back to this question. You know, what are some things that you think uh, a manager or a leader can do to empower his team? But also I really like um, to hear like maybe some bad experiences, you know, cause we've all had them. I think we've all had bad leaders. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. So whether you work in hospitality, you work in a restaurant, yeah. you, you're working a hospital, you work at Dairy Queen. Yeah. Dishwasher, Taco Little Bell. Caesars. Yeah, you name exactly. It. Yeah. You name it. Everyone throughout their professional careers experience bad leadership at least once. Mm-hmm. It's bound to happen. Not everyone is. Which is sad because you think if you're in a leadership position, you deserved it. You'd be a good leader, but no. So not, not everyone's quite cut out for it. What do you think? What do you think we miss? Like not we as in you and I, but like, what do you think companies miss when it comes to promoting somebody to a leadership position? Does it get to the person's head? Is they, are they putting on a facade where it looks like they're doing great leadership in front of everybody else that's higher up? Um, or do they just lose passion? In all honesty, I think it's a mixture of all of those. I think that when, I mean, look, look back through history. If you look at any of the greatest civilizations in the world, power corrupts. Yeah. It strokes people's egos. It goes to their heads. People, people just lose themselves. They lose the very, they, I'm not saying they always do. I'm just saying they can. Yeah. Most people don't have a strong enough character, integrity, a personality to hold and maintain a level of power and influence. Uh, it comes a lot to with control. Exactly. Some yeah. people are control freaks. Some people can not give a hoot. <laughs> yeah. But I think a major important thing that small businesses, corporations, what they lose sight of is listening to your team. Yeah, that's very true. In proper communication. Because if the top is not communicating with the bottom, letting them know what's going on within the business, or, you know, it it ruins the experience, not just for the employees, but for the guests, for the customer. Yeah. It is very important to have proper communication and listen. Have you, so when... Because in my experience, I you know I think like I totally agree. Communication is huge, 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 huge. That's why at our property we brought in Slack. We've brought in these other tools that help us communicate. We have a radio log where you know exactly we can like, keep track of everything. keep track of everything. 
Um, but with that, when like let's say you're an owner, right? Do you feel like you need to be a hundred percent transparent, or because I I feel like maybe giving out too much of the business oh, information? Yeah. No, giving out there there is a fine line. Yeah, you need to find balance, just like anything you do in your daily life. You need to have balance. Balance is essential to any basic function of your day-to-day life. Yeah. Whether it's your private life or your, your public life yeah. and the work environment. Yeah. I think that sometimes people just don't take responsibility for their actions. Oh, totally. Like some leaders will just be like we're trying trying one at my fiance's Airbnb place. Yeah. We got a review from one of the guests who just went on and on about how awesome they thought the checkout Sweet. button was. Sweet. So we do get a lot of good feedback from the guests and it's, we just see it end to end. It's, we see both the stakeholders really, both the guest and host. So it's how do we make it easy for the host to then free up the host to do a better job of focusing on those personal touches yeah. and how do we make sure that there isn't friction along the way for the yeah. guests so they yeah. can get in the door, do their thing, and it's just everything works. There's no hiccups getting in. There's no question of whether they're at the right place because they got pictures in the email that looks exactly like the place and directions how to go up the path and how to open the door. So it's the small things that really help in terms of the overall experience. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I was going to say I definitely noticed the the – the smoothness on our arrival and all these tools and services that you have built are in your property and uh, me and my team arrived late last night. So having the pictures and the, the email and the, the code and it was just perfect. It was just such a smooth transaction and um, I always like to you know, kind of tease my parents a little bit, but nobody's looking for a hidden rock key to, to get into the door. It's a nice, nice, great spot. So I really think this is awesome and the the, like you said, just the, the overall uniqueness and the, the I guess, easy transition for the host and for, for the guests is just, just top-notch. Just love the whole industry, I think, just needs. And so it's really cool that you guys are getting feedback. The guests do notice the small things, and, and especially the checkout button. As I look at it on the door, <laughs> you can't see it on the camera, but it's right there, and it's pretty sweet. So I, I think this is awesome. Um, for... For you as the CEO of Armor, what's kind of the long-term vision of Armor and where where do you see it going? So obviously you're creating more services and kind of focusing on the both sides of the coin, I guess you could say, for the guests and the host. Um, where do you see the vision uh, of long-term? We're focusing on, I would say, two kinds of service. One is the innovative type of services, things like the checkout button where we can offer something new to the industry something that no one else is doing and again focusing back on the host and guest experience Mm -hmm. and then the other type of service we're looking to is ones where we think the ones out there are overpriced if we can offer a service that's more cost effective that provides value to the guest and host experience that's the other area we're focusing our services so we have the overall vision of how do we get it end to end during a stay that the guest 
smoothly goes through the whole stay. There's no hiccups. Everything's easy for them. And on the on the on the host side as well. So both the guest and host are having an easy time. The host isn't doing a lot of repetitive tasks. The guest isn't having trouble arriving or trouble figuring out where to put the garbage or where to find things. That they're getting information to them on what are cool things in the area. Where's the coolest restaurant near yeah. where they're staying? So it's really thinking through that all and seeing how as a software company and, and company with um, interest in the smart home space, how we offer value to our customers. Yeah, that's definitely great, great offering and great overall just goal. I just think the, um, the overall process, you know, the, the vision of the guest experience and kind of creating that, that experience for the host and coming back and, so I guess um, really this is just so unique and I think it's becoming, I don't know, for all the listeners, for me, I just really am excited because I think this is going to be the new standard for the vacation rental space and even hotels. There's so many applications to a lot of these services, a lot of this tech. Um, I know it probably, it, I don't know, is it maybe a little bit longer to set everything up? in the beginning with the, the system, but it saves, I think, a lot more in the long run, like kind of with what you're talking about with just the overall, I guess not having to look around for everything and just the overall experience and stay itself is way, way better. Um, but where can people find out more um, about Armor? Where can they find where to get the system, the checkout button, um, anything that you guys are providing and creating and throwing out there for people in the vacation rental or even hospitality as a whole? First place to look at would be our website, spelled A-U-R-M-U-R dot com. Mm -hmm. And on that, we provide links. We sell our checkout button on Amazon. For hubs and locks, we support onboarding a variety onto our platform. So once again, on our website, we provide details on the variety of smart locks that we support. Mm -hmm. And then there's a registration process which takes you through setting up the checkout button and setting up the, the lock system as well. Have you gotten good reviews on, on the setup process for from hosts that are implementing these services in, into their property? Yes, we also sell a lock and hub package on Amazon okay. and you can certainly read through the reviews there. We've got a lot of great reviews. Sweet. So it sounds just like a nice, smooth, easy process. Yep. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you guys for choosing Slick Talk to be the podcast that you listen to today. I will put um, a link in the description of this podcast and video uh, going to Armor's website where you can find out everything directly on their site along with um, a couple of cool things that Curtis has mentioned, like the Amazon links and everything as well. But that's on all his website, so there's no need for it. Um, if you have any questions, you can always email me you know, whatever, Facebook message, everything. Um, we have lots of uh, cool stuff that we're going to be promoting with Armor, and I'm excited to uh, have them on the show. So thank you. Thank you. Us. What's up, everybody? I really hope you enjoyed today's podcast. As you can tell, I love Curtis's checkout button and, of course, all the other services that they provide. So go to aurmur.com. You can find out more. I'll also have a link and a brand-new page on my site for sponsors and, of course, other featured companies that I've ever interviewed or interact with or promote on the page. So 
I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Let me know what your thoughts are. And then, of course, have a great holiday. Enjoy the family. And stay tuned to next week's episode. I hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Entering from the traditional real estate world. There are folks who are entering from the traditional investment world. Mm -hmm. The number one thing that I tell them is that this is a hospitality business, that the returns are not quick. The traction that you gain is not um, overnight, Mm -hmm. but it is an incredibly fulfilling and increasingly lucrative new industry that pretty much anybody can enter if they have the right requisites. 100% agreed. I think so that, do you so do you have those uh checklists item uh will uh, I do personally yes um I love people with all my heart um I love the hospitality industry with all my soul and uh yeah I just I'm my focus has always been about the guest experience so it's not and then kind of stepping into the manager role from uh, my previous job um was really about not just the guest experience, but the team experiences, the development of my team and the growth that we had together as a, as a unit. And so, um, which kind of ties back into people. I love just people as a whole. Um, and I think there's a lot of cool things that we can do to enhance moments, to enhance um, relationships and connections. Because again, at the end of the day, we're all about the human to human connection. You and I right now are having a human to human connection. Yes, there's technology involved, but at the end of the day, part of podcasting or part of hospitality is really about the people and the connection that you build. So I totally agree with what you're saying. And I've seen people that don't care about that type of stuff. You know, they're more about an investment or a real estate, uh, you know, lens or angle. And yeah, that's good for business. But at the end of the day, if your bottom line is not in the right spot, it may may not work out i really like the way you phrase that in fact i'm going to start using this people person thing as an additional way of presenting the same subject matter if you don't like people this is not the industry for you yeah but oppositely if you enjoy building teams if you enjoy looking someone in the eye while they're on vacation and suggesting they try out this incredible new restaurant if you enjoy uh, in your case, Will, you're going to begin building a, um, a collection of, pro- of, of properties. Mm-hmm. If you enjoy going to meet owners and, and really taking care of their, their asset, uh, if you are a people person, this is a great industry for you. If you are not a people person, this is a terrible industry. You should not yeah. even consider. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know where, what kind of background you kind of came from, but um, what has, from the host and management standpoint, um, was really, has that been like the foundation or did you have to learn that going into with your properties that you had and recently, you know, sold um, for that business? Um, can you reframe that question? Yeah. So when you first started out 12 years ago with your properties and all mm-hmm. the things that you're doing, managing and owning, did you get into it because you love people or did you just see that it was a, again, you know, like you said, you were in Panama, so there was no 
real competition and then it kind of grew from there um i would i got into it as a completely naive 20 uh what was i 23 24 year old um guy who thinks that he could do anything yeah and this is a nice second uh big 101 tip mm -hmm. um we could call it 102 <laughs> 102 is everybody falls into it completely accidentally yeah and i say everybody everybody more or less up until now because now the industry has gained so much exposure and and things have become so mainstream that people are entering deliberately yeah. they're entering intentionally with a plan which is amazing yeah. you have a huge <laughs> uh you have a huge leg up on the on people who started 10 20 years ago that said Previously, everybody who got started did so accidentally. Uh, in some cases, it was to um, keep a home that they otherwise couldn't afford. In other cases, it was because they got fired from their job during the recession. Um, in other cases, it was wanting to keep the family home um, alive. Um, this legacy thing. Because all of us got started accidentally, the next biggest error was not having a, a formal plan, not having a business plan, um, because that'll get you into trouble. That is, it, it doesn't become apparent until things start growing. Yeah. Um, in which you realize like, oh, wait a minute. I've just been enjoying this great momentum and making money and hosting guests. I've been on this like honeymoon experience. Now all of a sudden I realize I've drifted somewhere out uh, to sea and I don't have like any kind of compass or map. And for what a lot of managers who uh, find themselves in that predicament today are realizing that it takes the longer you go without a plan is that the harder it is to restructure and get yourself back on path. Mm -hmm. um, so the next huge thing that I recommend people do is indeed have a business plan. And uh, I am the kind of person who, when he hears that advice, pretty much ignores it because I yeah. think business plans are stupid. Um, but what you do need is some rough idea of what the heck you're doing. That's another way of putting it. And putting that, that on paper, having an idea of numbers, of projections, how much things cost how many bookings you anticipate, how, many, how much money are you going to be paying out to, to marketing channels, how much is it going to cost you to get a cleaner, what kind of software or technology do you plan to use to manage your business, how much does that plan on to cost. Mm -hmm. uh, until you project out the next sort of year, two years, five years, um, you're kind of just going with gut instinct. And this is something my generation of vacation rental professionals suffer from because, again, we got started in really easy times. It was just too easy to get up and running, making cash, and making people's vacations. Mm -hmm. Now, it's a much more professional landscape. There's more and more competitors arriving to the market. Mm -hmm. um, and you need to have a plan. You need to have something structured. And to someone like you, Will, that may sound silly, like how would you start without a plan? But most vacation rental professionals got started without a plan. No, definitely. My, my parents, I, kind of like you, I didn't really, I wouldn't say accidentally, but it kind of did. They had um, an apartment above their garage. They had this huge house on Big Acreage, and 
there's this vacant space that was being useless. And so they renovated it, turned it into a little Airbnb and they're not really being an Airbnb at the moment. They just let guests like friends and family stay there. And then, you know, the whole Airbnb buzz took off and they put it on there and I helped them with that. And that's where I kind of really fell in love with the travel slash people and the experience and then dove into the hotel side from there. But, um, Let's talk about that a little bit, because I think that's an important stepping stone for a lot of newcomers. Uh, Airbnb as the maybe the most recognizable single thing in any of uh, our work. Mm -hmm. And it's relatively new. It's only um, risen over the last few years. Or I don't know when Airbnb started. I I think it was not around... Uh, in my early days, that's for sure. Uh, but most people, Airbnb is their first sort of touch point yeah. of our industry before getting started. Your parents are a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Why don't we just put it up on Airbnb and see what happens? Yeah. That is the most common first step. And what a lot of people make the mistake of doing is thinking that a full calendar on Airbnb, while great, don't get me wrong, it is a great feeling and it's wonderful on the bank account, Thinking that a fully booked calendar on Airbnb is synonymous with a sustainable business. And this is where the conversation sort of begins to shift into the world of professional vacation rental business ownership. Um, One could argue that a property that is listed only on Airbnb that makes $100,000 a year and and doesn't do anything outside of that is a business Uh and i would agree with them uh, in the same way that a app that's been created and sold exclusively on the app itunes app store uh, and sells a hundred thousand dollars that to me would be a business as well Uh, but there is a continuum of what it means to run a small business these days and the thing that you realize very quickly when you are completely um synonymous with Airbnb is that your business is dependent on them. And that sounds fine um, up front, but when you start to think about it, it actually means that your, um, your, the health of your business is severely limited. So what people typically end up doing when I first meet them through the VRMB platform is saying to themselves, oh, wait a minute, Airbnb is great, but I want to explore with some other booking platforms. I want to consider VRBO. I want to consider booking.com or the next step of the journey, which is, oh, wait a minute. All of these, a lot more coming out soon. So everyone that's following or listening along, stay tuned for more to come out. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. This has been super fun to create the mastermind series for vacation rentals. So if you are still interested or curious, there's more information regarding uh, Travel Nest at join.travelnest.com forward slash slick talk, and you can find out more information there. And I'll also link it in the description below. And then also, 
Um, just many cool episodes coming out with this series. This is a 10 episode, 10 week mastermind series with people that have been in the industry for a very long time and also innovated and created some unique products, services, you name it, whatever there may be, um, we're, we're going to discuss it on the show. So I'm really excited for the upcoming episodes as well. Um, so stay tuned, 10 weeks, 10 episodes, 10 amazing people. Um, and just so everyone knows, there's going to be a couple bonus episodes. So stay tuned. And I'm really excited. So thank you for joining Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast and the Mastermind Vacation Rental Series. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast.